Got me muted, man. I bet you can hear me now. He's up and going. Up and going. Matthew chapter 23. So, this is, a, this is really a transition point in this chapter. We have been looking at what they've done in the past, the prophets have done in the past. Now, today, we begin to look at what was going to happen in Jesus' time and right after Christ was crucified and after Christ ascended, we're going to look at that time until the destruction of Jerusalem. That's what we're looking at this morning. And we began that process. All of you know that we've been in chapter 23 for a, a, a couple of minutes and we've looked at uh, the scribes and the Pharisees. And the first thing we learned, you remember the first thing we learned? We, we, we learned this. Uh, when they teach you true doctrine... Pay attention to that doctrine. But because likely they're not living the proper life, don't model their example. Now, what do we want as leaders in the church? We want people that teach the right doctrine, right? But here's a key. You, your doctrine is worthless unless it changes your life. Did y'all hear me? That's why we have doctrine. Because it determines who we are. Then we looked at the eight woes. And I'm so glad that we looked at the eight woes, but I'm sure glad that they are in the rearview mirror. Okay, we're moving on. So now we begin to hear the prophecy. Are y'all ready for this? About the destruction of Jerusalem. It's not very many years down the road. And so Jesus always does a wonderful thing. And you know what that wonderful thing is? He always, if his people, are y'all looking at me? If people are paying attention, he's going to prepare us for what's going to happen. He doesn't, he doesn't let things catch us off guard. And I, I look over and I see uh, one reason that we, we went back to the chairs being like this. And really what I was trying to do with the chairs is get it to place so that on Wednesday night, y'all know what happens on Wednesday night? We have people sitting where Miss Delois sits, and we have people sitting where Bob sits. And we're trying to teach over here one group of people, so I was trying to hem you guys up on Wednesday night, not to mis- disrupt you on Sunday morning. But Wednesday night, you're going to see that we figured something out, okay? We figured something out. So we have, uh, we have all of these charges We have all of these charges that the Lord Jesus levels against his teachers. Are y'all with me? From eternity past, really, from the time that we had our first prophets and scribes and Pharisees to the end of time, there is a likelihood that intermixed in that are going to be some false teachers. Okay? Okay? That's why you've got to be people who study God's Word. Did you know you could be led astray? And that's what's happened. What do you call them? Blind guides? And if you've got blind guides, what kind of people you got? Okay? That's exactly what you've got. So it's a really solemn lesson that's being taught here. And the lesson is this, that, that there can be hypocritical and abominable people who are leaders and teachers in the church. And and basically, here's what it comes down to. There are going to be leaders and the teachers in the church 
who are not saved. And I want to tell you, the way we see so-called Christian people turning away from the truth of God's holy word is revealing who they are. So, that's kind of where we're at this morning. So, Matthew Henry says this. He says about this text that we're looking at, beginning in verse 34, here's what he says. We've left the blind leaders fallen into the ditch. Under Christ's sentence, he gave them their sentence last week. You remember? You vipers, who can save you from hell? They have been sentenced to the damnation of hell. And he lets us see what will become of blind followers of the body of the Jewish church and particularly of those in and around Jerusalem. He's about to show us what's going to happen to them. And did it happen? Absolutely happened. So what has happened since verse 33? Well, in verse 33, we get through, we get through with verse 33... And it says, uh, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? And then we have this powerful word. Y'all see what it is? Wherefore or therefore. Okay? We've made a transition here. Therefore. It's It's a significant word. Something significant has happened. Now, up until now, Jesus has taught and dealt with the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders. That's what's happened up until right now. Y'all with me? Okay. I'll be able to go faster if I feel like y'all are with me, okay? All right, so that'll help me. Okay? Now, what, what, uh, what Jesus is focusing on, six times in the ESV, I don't know how many in the King James, six times you hear the term you. You. He's talking to somebody. You. He's talking to somebody that he's looking at. So the question is, who's the you? All right, let me read it again. Beginning in verse 34. Just listen to this. Therefore I send, what's that word? You. I send you, prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you... He's talking to a specific group of people you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues, your synagogues, and persecute from town to town. Verse 35, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. So he's getting pretty specific. He's kind of narrowed it down here. Okay, so I want you to see who the, who the you is. And, and, and here's, here's what I, I want you to see. We don't want to be the you. All right, so turn in your Bibles to Matthew 27. And this is at the trial of and the persecution or the arrest of and the trial of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to tarry long, but I want you to see the you. Matthew 27, verse 15. Are you there? Okay. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the 
crowd. You see that? For the crowd, any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner named or called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who's called the Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. All right? Now you get the picture of what's going on. I'm letting Pablo catch up. Now the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd. Listen, persuaded who? The crowd. Okay? Listen, you can be persuaded to become a crowd that doesn't do the right thing. The you. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor Ken said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who's called the Christ? And look at what they said. They said, Let him be crucified. Now look, this, this takes place not too many days after Jesus gives this warning. Who's he giving it to? Jerusalem. He was giving it to the you, the people of that time. It was a prophetic message that was fixing to happen in just a couple of days. We, we don't want to become the crowd. Listen, there's never been a crowd following Jesus. It's always been a few. Y'all with me? There, there's not many living a godly life. There's not many living for God's glory. So listen, just as a warning, if you get in the majority, you're probably wrong. I think it was Spurgeon that said, seldom is the majority right. All right, then look at Acts 17, 13. This is just a little later. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea, also they came there too. Look at what they were doing. Agitating and stirring up the who? Yeah. I'm telling you, churches and pastors and leaders, quote, evangelical leaders are leaving Jesus by the swarms for political correction to be a part of the majority. In America today. So, you kind of understand who the you is? It was those there with him that he was, he was warning, don't be blind followers. So let's look at the uh, three verses. Verse 34, Therefore I send you prophets, and wise men and scribes. Now, we're talking now, in the present, the immediate future, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. Luke 11 says it this way, Therefore, also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some whom they will kill and persecute, 
so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. In other words, it's going to be filled up. It's going to finally come to a head now. We'll see this more clearly as we go forward. Verse 51. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who purchased between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be cried to this generation. Y'all remember David Miller? Uh, and <clears throat> Brother David is not in good health. Uh, probably you didn't know it. His wife's passed. She got Alzheimer's and didn't survive very long. But if you remember, Brother David would start a sermon. He'd say, are you interested? Okay. Now, all of this introduction is be, it would be that you might be interested to hear this and think about this. How can I apply that to my situation? Listen, we don't know what's going to happen in 70 years here. We don't know if we got 70 years. We don't know if we got seven days. We don't know if we've got seven years. We need to be paying attention to the times. So here we've stopped looking at the past and we began to look at the present. He's looking now at those common people left behind that were led by blind guides. It's a dangerous thing to be out there on the island by yourself. It's probably even more dangerous to be led by blind guides. And I pray you don't have any right now. And I don't think you do. I, I think of uh, the ones that lead in this church, the ones that teach in this church. I believe they all love the Lord. They all love you and want to lead you in the direction that you ought to go. We ought to thank God for that. Amen. He says, I will send them. This is your first fill in the blank. Prophets, wise men, and scribes. Okay, now that was kind of in the past, Old Testament. It was kind of present, but we're going to see in a minute. It's also now and future. There's a succession. And what is that succession? That God's going to continue to send people to feed the sheep. It's continuation. Scribes, that is persons instructed in the kingdom of God. And he's really saying, I'm going to send you a new sort of scribes, more fit for their work than the present scribes and the past scribes. Now, what's going to be different in them and us? When Jesus left here, what did he send us? The blessed Holy Spirit. We, we got a helper they didn't have. And that, le- that, that, that helper lives within us. Look at what he says. And some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. Hey, listen. Y'all don't know how close that could be to happening in the Western world. Y'all remember the name James Coates? He was the pastor up in, in Canada, okay, that got put in jail for meeting and assembling his church. Well, I have gone to, I've gone to my third conference in which he was, go, he was supposed to speak. Y'all ready for this? I went to three conferences, two, expecting him to speak. Because he has been black, blacklisted by the Canadian country, two of those times he got to the border and they would not let him go across. 
Only this last time when Tom and I went to California, we finally heard him speak, didn't we? That's going on in our neighbor, okay? And usually what happens up there and what happens over across the Atlantic happens here pretty quickly. Now, let me just say this. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, this is what I'm going to meet with and mine. Y'all look at me. This is what I'm going to experience and this is what mine are going to experience. Y'all with me? Persecution. When, when you do not bow to political correctness and when you unashamedly speak God's truth and call uh, a man and a man a, a, a marriage or a woman and woman a marriage an abomination and don't buy into it or you don't buy into all the transing stuff or all the sexual immorality, you're either going to be canceled or, or, or put out of the pulpit or whatever the case may be. You're going to lose your job. It's happening. It's happening in America every day. Y'all, anybody remember the beheading of John? You remember what John said? Herod, you ought not be living with your brother's wife. You know what that got, John? Served up on a platter. Anybody remember anything about the crucifixion of Jesus? If you're reading through the Bible with us, we're just about to go through the second time, right? How about the scourging of Paul? How about the stoning of Stephen? How about the killing of James? What has been will always be a persecution of those who are trying to live a godly life. Now, for 200 years, we had it going on. We've had it going on. No persecution. It's coming. Because you know why? Because God has been removed. Second Timothy 3.12 Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Y'all know what I'm telling you? Expect it. Hey, I'd give you another little word. Count it all joy. Verse 35. So that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. So what about this statement on you? The present generation of people right there that he was speaking to, on you. This is not the religious leaders. You know what? He's already turned them over to their damnation. He called them brood of vipers. He says, there's no way. You're going to meet your judgment. He's not talking about them. But now what he's doing is, y'all look at me. 
He's saying to those people, if you go ahead acting like your blind guides, you will be culpable, and their culpability will fall upon you. You got to do different. If you realize you've been flying blind guides, you got to do better. He's saying, open your eyes or you're going to get the same judgment. What did he say? The first woe. They don't enter into heaven. They don't let anybody go in either. You don't want that to be you. These people were about to have to go through the destruction of Jerusalem. Y'all with me? That little bitty remnant that followed Jesus and continued to follow Jesus, and they all dispersed when when he went to the cross, but they reassembled. They all had to go through the destruction of Jerusalem. And look, it was bad. I was thinking this morning, Bob. As bad as, and we can't, just wait till we read chapter 24. The destruction of Jerusalem was horrific. I don't think there will be any comparison to how bad it was and how bad it's going to be in the last days. That was just a temporary judgment. And it was horrific. He said nobody would have endured if it hadn't been for my grace. We, we, We can't imagine. And I'll just tell you, I don't believe Jerusalem at that time or Sodom and Gomorrah at their time could have been an ounce worse than we are. Matter of fact, I think we're proving ourselves to be worse. (sighs) Jerusalem with their religious leaders, the blind guides, from the beginning until the end, the prophets are responsible for mistreatment. And those who follow those prophets and go on as they did, who were blind and followed the blind guides, they will be responsible. Look at what it says. All the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. So, when you continue to do as the blind guides led you to do, what was going to fall upon them is going to fall upon who? You. Me. Psalm 72, 14. From oppression and violence, He redeems their life. And precious is their blood in His sight. Did y'all hear me? Prophets and scribes and teachers of God's Word and preachers and ministers who are faithful to preach God's Word are precious in the sight of the Lord. And He'll look out for them. So the martyrdom of the righteous, you know when it happened? It happened when the first family showed their dysfunction. Are with me? I'm not talking about ten generations down. I'm talking about Adam and Eve had the most serious dysfunction in their family. One son killed the other one. 
So I want you to get the picture here. The first righteous man was murdered. And the last righteous prophet was murdered. Did y'all know that 2 Chronicles is the last book of the old Hebrew Bible? So Abel was the first one, martyred for his righteousness. Zechariah was the last, murdered for his righteousness. Listen to me, you know what that's saying? You, well, likely, in the last days, if, you're, if we're still here, may be martyred for our righteousness. Right, listen to me. Righteous people will be done away with. Now, why is that? Because when lost, evil people look upon righteous people, they get under conviction. So the thing to do is get rid of them. You don't have to hear them. You don't have to look at them. The martyrdom of the righteous began with Abel. Hebrews eleven four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Y'all know what he said? We'll get there in just a second. Let me see if I have. Yeah, I still have it. Let me get over there to it. So how early did martyrdom come into the world? The son of Adam and Eve. Came pretty quickly, didn't it? Huh? From way back. Lost, evil, demonic people hate the righteous. Why else did he not hate? Why else did he not love his brother? After being dead, his blood cried out. Look at Genesis 4.10. And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. You know what that, let me, let me go with, let's go to Zacharias. So he extends, extends it to the blood of Zacharias, the son of Berechias. To the blood of Zacharias, the son of Berechias. Not Zacharias the prophet, though he was the son of Berechias. Nor Zacharias the father of John the Baptist, as some say. But Zechariah, the son of Jehoda, who was slain in the court of the Lord's house. Look at 2 Chronicles 24, 20, 20, 20, 24, 20, and 21. Don't turn there. Let me just read it to you. But if you want to go there, you can. So this is what it says. Then the Spirit of God clothed Zechariah, the son of Jehoda, the priest, and he stood above the people and said to them, Thus says the Lord. Why? Do you break the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, He's forsaken you. Look at what happened. But they conspired against Him. So there was a crowd stirred up against Him. And by command of the king, they stoned Him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. His father is called Berechias which signifies much the same with Jehoiada. It was usual among the Jews for the same person to have two names, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Do you see what can happen so closely and in the vicinity of the temple? I want you to see how much evil can happen in the shade of the church house. 
today. You know what the Jews thought? They thought being taken captive to Babylon was their punishment. And they thought, we got that out of the way, right? We've been restored. We've been brought back to our homeland. You know, we're, we're back in Jerusalem. But that wasn't the case. You know, we, we don't decide what our punishment is. Y'all with me? We may decide ourselves about whether we get punishment or not, but we don't determine the punishment. God Almighty does that, right? But Christ says, not so quick with thinking, you, thinking that you've gotten off the hook. He says, I'm going to take care of that. Verse 36, truly I say to you, all these things will come upon who? This generation. The judgment will come upon you that are living right now. Now, do you know what? One of these days, one of these days, in some generation, Christ is going to return. It'd be pretty exciting to be here when that happens. One of these days, it's going to happen. How could it be that God's justice of the guilty of the blood of the former generations, how could it fall upon that generation? Now, we looked at it last week. Y'all remember? They continued to do as their fathers had done. We're not charged and, and, and really guilty for our, our ancestors' sins unless we do what? Continue in them. That's filling it up of ourselves. It's getting our own justice or whatever the case may be. So it builds up or, or fills up. <clears throat> generation after generation, are y'all with me? Of religious leaders were blind guides. And many of the people of those generations and of those leaders missed Jesus. Y'all with me? They didn't see Jesus as the Messiah. If we miss Jesus, we have been led by blind guides and we're going to fall into the same punishment that they fell into. Now, I was just thinking as I read at that time, look, those things that you learn from your parents, and, and Jeannie gave this, this uh, kind of example yesterday about my parents. The, the things that my, my parents taught me that that was good, I should build upon that. But once I've had my eyes open to the truth of God's Scripture, right, and I've seen that there's something other than just being honest and hardworking, there's uh, living a godly life and living for God's glory. Once I've found that out, then I've got to make a move. When we find out that we ought to be teaching our children and not allow the schools and not allow the phones to teach them, we need to act upon that. Or we will be blind guides and our children will be blind followers of us. Three quick points. Are y'all ready? Let me read Isaiah 30, 18, 
and, and then we'll go into the three points. Isaiah thirty eighteen. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. This is one of the uh, answers in Genesis Scripture. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed are all of those who wait for him. So, here's what I want you to get. Are y'all with me? God waits and waits and waits and waits and waits. And we don't respond one day unexpectedly, there'll be a day of reckoning. We don't know that day. He does, but we don't. Point number one, Jesus Christ has not given up on his people. Those people, those you of that time, he hadn't given up on them. You're still here today and you're not a follower of Christ. He hasn't given up on you. You're here today and you're a follower of Christ, but you're not doing it the way he'd have you to do it. He's not given up on you yet. I send you prophets and wise men and scribes. Y'all know what he's saying? You go to church, you go to Bible study, you're getting all this poured out upon you. When are you going to become the follower of Christ that he wants you to be? It's Christ that sends them. It's God that sends the Holy Spirit. It's Christ that that came and died for our sins. They are sending to us what we need. John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. So what did God had sent the prophets and the scribes and all of these religious leaders and teachers? And what did God say to his apostles? Now I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Who did he send them to first? Send them to the Jews. Where did they start? They started at Jerusalem to take the gospel to the Jews. Now who are these people? We've already seen this. I want you to get this. I think it's the third time that we've looked at it. He sends people who are prophets wise men and scribes to teach the people to be sightseeing, gospel-hearing, gospel-proclaiming people who teach of God Almighty and His Son, Jesus Christ. Prophets, wise men, and scribes. Now, who are they today? They have become the New Testament apostles, our prophets, our teachers I'm going to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And before you miss this fill in the blank, I believe there are successions, succession of the Old Testament scribes and Pharisees and, and prophets that taught. I believe that's what elders, preachers, teachers in the church are today. It's just a following on. Matter of fact, you remember when we looked at Matthew 16 and Matthew 18? Where do we get the authority that we operate under? It's the same authority that God gave the Old Testament prophets that He's given to the the, the church. So, when somebody has got the right doctrine, preaching the right thing, 
and living the right life, it's probably a good, good chance that you've got a sightseeing guide that you would want to follow. We're not going there. But Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Maybe today? Was that today? And he feeds his sheep. Are y'all with me? Okay. And his, feet, his sheep receive the feed. And they eat of it. And they grow in it. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Is this New Testament? Is this after Christ's ascension? Is that, is that today? I mean, Christ hadn't come back yet, has he? This is the instruction that he's given until he returns, right? Are y'all listening? To do what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Grow up in the Lord. Don't stay as babies. Look, if you stay at babies and persecution does come, you're probably going to crumble. Whose fault will it be? Won't be those people that have been teaching you to grow up in the Lord. It'll fall upon you then as it fall, fell upon them. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Grow up, look like Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speak the truth in love. Man, we need some of that today. Did y'all know that? Your, your kids may need it till you speak the truth in love. Your neighbor may need it. Your co-worker may need it. Speak the truth in love. How much do you love them? You love them enough that you don't want them to spend an eternity in hell. Speak the truth in love. We're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each, work, each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Ministers, divinely inspired, are like prophets commissioned immediately from heaven. Like them. Not them, but like them. The ordinary ministers in the church, then and still, sent by God, right? To guide and instruct the people in the things of God. Some of you barely avail yourselves to the teaching of the church. So the food's in the trough. But you don't come to get it. 
I, I will just tell you. If you fed a calf lately, or a rabbit lately, or a dog lately, or a pig lately, normally speaking, when you put the food out there, they come get it, don't they? Huh? Somebody say amen. When the food's put on the table, I'm talking about when spiritual food is put on the table, God's people ought to be there eagerly eating it up. So I just want you to get the picture. If you don't have any desire for that, you sick. Every calf comes to the to the trough unless it's sick. Number two, Jesus says this is going to happen. Yeah, look, guys. This tells you what's going to happen. I got every confidence in the world it's going to happen. I may not have the details figured out, but it's going to happen. He's coming. He's going to bring it to an end. And I surely hope, and I think, we'll be watching from above. But let me just ask you this question. What if we have to go through the tribulation? I'm just saying, what if? <laughs> I had somebody tell me last week, I'm going to count we're going to be gone. I agree with you. Let's count we're going to be gone. But what if we're not going to be gone? And what if we, oh, wait a minute, what if we have to stay just a little longer than we thought we were going to have to stay? Be ready. Some of whom you will kill and crucify and some you'll flog in your synagogues. Christ knows what's going to happen. Right? He knew what was going to happen in the destruction of Jerusalem, but he continued to send who? The prophets. He knows what's going to happen with every one of us, but he continues to send teachers. Thank God. They were cruel. Well, I want to tell you, I'm telling you, already, people are ruthlessly lied upon and canceled in America for their beliefs. It started 10 years ago with a fire chief down in Atlanta. Because in a private church setting a few years back, it was found out that he told somebody that marriage is between a man and a woman. Fire chief in Atlanta got canceled, lost his job. This is 10 years ago. It's on steroids now. They killed some. They killed the two Jameses. They crucified Simon, the son of Cleophas. They scourged Peter and John. Look, you know what? You know what, Simon? They were treated just like Jesus. Y'all look at me. If you live a godly life, expect to get treated like Jesus.
They were cruel. They were persistent in their persecution. Listen to me. The LBGQTABC crowd will not give up until you agree with and affirm their agenda. Nothing less than full. No matter of fact, then you've got to bend over backwards and tell them the rest of your life how wrong you've been. Just Romans. Because they want to get to the place that they make you affirm their perversion. So they were persistent in persecuting. What's it say? From town to town. Hey, you won't be able to hide. I'm telling you what, you might as well do. You might as well just bow yourself up and stand your ground. Tony Dungy, I could send you a clip of two guys talking about Tony Dungy. Y'all know Tony Dungy? Won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. I'm talking about he was the guy speaking for black coaches and black athletes in America for 10 years. Tony Dungy has not changed one lick. He still believes everything that he believed 10 years ago when he was the man. And now, because he won't give in on abortion or queer or any of the perversion, he is cancel, he is no more, he is the, the dung of the earth. <clears throat> the apostles went from city to city. They were hounded every turn. Hey, I'm telling you what, you might as well be just like a bad dog. That every time they come around you, just give them more truth. Hey, just, just pick it up and say, I believe the Bible says that marriage is between a man and a woman. I believe it. I believe we can find that in chapter 1 of the Bible, chapter 2 of the Bible. I believe the Scripture says they, he made them male and female, he made them. Don't back down. Just tell them, hey, listen, I love you enough to tell you, I'd love you enough to tell you that 2 plus 2 is still 4. And a man and a man is an abomination. And if you continue to go on thinking that uh, philosophy and vain conceit, you'll burn in hell. I love you enough to tell you that. <clears throat> so I'm just going to read you a couple of scriptures to let you know how persistent they were. Acts 14, 19. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Hey, that guy that was doing that got that done to him when he became a follower of Jesus. Y'all with me? Expect the same. Acts 17, 13. 
But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Now, I want you to look at this little statement. You will flog in your synagogues. You remember where they killed Zacharias? Right there in the temple area. Well, listen, it says this, you will flog them in your synagogues. And so what they were doing, they were doing their evil deeds and hiding it in, in, the, in the temple. Listen, I want to tell you, much evil in America is going on in so-called the evangelical church. That men who are standing upon the truth of God's Word are being fired, being lied upon, being removed from the pulpit because they won't give in to the perversion. Just because it's, it's in the shadow of the church, listen, don't get caught up in it if it's not right. Number three, he imputes, somebody tell them, tell the rest of them, impute means what? Put on, place on, right? You learn that in Bible study. He imputes the sin of their fathers onto them. How many of their sins? Because they carried on in the same tradition of their fathers. Look at what it says. All the righteous blood shed on the earth. Y'all with me? Not just the blood of Abel, not just the blood of Zacharias, but all of those, those men, those prophets, those godly men that were killed because of who they were, they're all of the blood. Not one drop of blood of a man of God who preached the word of God and was martyred for it will go unnoticed. It'll be paid for. God waits and waits, but will not wait forever. And though God bears long, His patience will one day turn to wrath. We can't presume upon His patience. And I'm telling you, there's young people in here, there's adults in here, that the devil's telling you right now, today's not the day. But you don't know that. For somebody, today is the day of salvation. Not one shed drop of blood of, of Christ or all those who are mortared for the cause of Christ will go unnoticed. So what does this mean? All things will come upon this generation. All the evil that's been done because you continue to participate upon it, it's going to be called to account right now. As it was heaped on the prophets, it'll be heaped on them. And he says it's going to happen soon. How soon? Well, listen, in my generation, it'd be pretty soon, right? Bob's generation, if he's going to, ha if he's going to see it, it's going to happen pretty soon. For Jerusalem, so 40 years later, it happens to Jerusalem. That's pretty quick. Hey, we could be closer than that. All right, wrapping it up. You remember how Jesus dealt with the teachers of the law and the Pharisees? He sent them warning after warning after warning. 
He sent them messenger after messenger. He calls sinners to repentance. He comes to them in sickness and affliction. Y'all with me? He brings sermon after sermon. He brings friend after friend. And, and Ezekiel thirty-three eleven says this, Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his ways and live, turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? He continues to send people to lost, sends people to lost people, saying, "Repent and turn to God." Amen. He continues to do that. Isn't he gracious? How gracious has he been? Two thousand years. <clears throat> and let this be a lesson to us all. Are y'all ready for this? One day, there will be a day of accounting. One day. Only the Lord knows that day. We just got to be ready for it. 2 Peter 3 says this, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Everything is present with the Lord. I haven't wrapped my hands around that yet. But with the Lord, it's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Everything is present with the Lord. The events 10 years ago or 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago are like yesterday to the Lord. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. An account will be given for our actions, for the treatment of all His saints, and in particular, His messengers. All the blood shed by the Roman emperors, all the blood shed at the time of the Reformation, all those burned at the stake during the Inquisitions will be accounted for. Every drop will be accounted for. Psalm 58, 11 says this, Mankind will say, Surely there's a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on the earth. A day will come. A day will come. A day will come with what you say about Christ and what you have done with Christ and what you have done with sin will all be called to account. That day is coming. A quote, and I don't know who said it, the millstones of God's justice grind slowly, but grind very finely. You know what that means? Everything's going to be revealed. So next week, Next week, we'll look at the fact that we need to get on the right side. Y'all with me? The right side of God's judgment. Thank you so much for your patience.